Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, today was a four egg day. Oh my God, did you eat them? No, I'm getting a huge pile of eggs though. I think I have to make a quiche. Oh my God, that's so cool. I know some of them are blue. The eggs? Yeah. Oh, send me a picture. Okay. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're gonna talk about how no now doesn't necessarily mean no forever. Then Liz has an ambitious take a hike to share, and we have a mailroom letter asking whether we always like the shows we work on. (laughs) And this week's Hollywood hack is electric. But first, we have an update. In episode 304, we talked about our new vow to be positive about the state of the TV writing business. And Dawn wrote in and said, given Liz and Sarah's recent segment on being positive and June's letter pushing back on it, I decided it was time to report on my one word theme of the year. My word is whatever. On high-minded days, it's just a go-with-the-flow kind of reminder, but I find it most helpful when used with a tone of attitude. I have tried themes like let go in the past with little success in actually letting anything go, but I'm finding an attitude-infused whatever to be effective. I can let go while the tone, even when said only in my head, reminds me that I don't have to agree or like it. It also amuses me that whatever comes with a hand gesture— And she sent a picture of the hand gesture, Liz. Um, One could imagine some impolite modifications to the hand gesture for especially (laughs) troubling times. (laughs) Oh, that is so great. Thank you, Dawn. I loved this letter because, Liz, I don't know if you remember, when we were on Lie to Me, for some reason the whatever was a big big hand signal thing. I associate it so much with that time and being in that office. But I just wanted to let Dawn know that if you do the whatever and then you flip it around... It's a nice little what? Ever. Ever. That's what we used to do. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And then also, Sarah, random update. I get a word of the day uh, email every day. And this word the other day just struck me as a word that we need to incorporate into our show running life. Okay. The word is charrette, C-H-A-R-R-E-T-T-E. And charrette, it's a noun, and it means a meeting in which all stakeholders in a project attempt to resolve conflicts and map solutions. So basically a production meeting. Kind of, (laughs) yes. So a sentence is, the last project dragged on, so this year's fundraising efforts will be organized through a charrette. After the charrette, the team members split up to tackle their own tasks with clear goals in mind. 
So I just think it would be so fun for us to be like, everybody, we need to call a charrette or let's have a charrette. I'm thinking of a particular meeting we had in Puerto Rico once when things were just really, we were having a (laughs) tough time getting sort of an episode under control in Uh terms of boarding it. And we had a few charrettes, but uh, it would have been nice to say, hey, this is a charrette. We are charretteites. Yes, we are. So anyway, that's my new word. Okay, I like it. Okay, let's dive into From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week it's no now doesn't necessarily mean no forever. Yes. Now, this came up because we had a, a meeting recently with an executive who we've worked with, and he's so smart and incredibly like ambitious and has his shit so together. And one of the things he said that was really interesting is he said the majority of shows he's gotten on the air have been things that were originally passed on. Yes. So you do it for one place. Uh, You write the script and they decide not to make it. I don't know if in any of these cases he'd actually made a pilot and then they decided not to make it. These projects would stay in his mind. He really felt they should be a show And so he just kept going and took it back out and sold it again and got it on the air. And we're talking over years. Yes, over, I think, up to eight years or something this can take. And so it got us thinking because with this executive, we had developed a show about female plastic surgeons that we loved. It only ever became a script. We did it for ABC. And he said that that show keeps sticking with him. Like he just keeps feeling like that should be a show. Right now we're sort of, we're- Occupied. Occupied. (laughs) But, you know, we're always looking what's the next thing, the next thing, because we don't know what's going to happen with our current projects. And so we thought, well, we could- reapproach this idea of a show about plastic surgeons. Of course, there was Nip Tuck back in the day, which was about plastic surgeons and was very successful. It was a very specific show, and it was about two men and male friendship. Of course, we're interested in women, uh, more interested in women, not that we're not interested in men. (laughs) So it was just interesting because we go, you're right. I mean, it doesn't mean something doesn't have to be gone completely just because you have a no at a certain time. Also, what people want, and I'm sure this isn't true just in TV, what people want changes and it can come back around. Yes. And as we know, I mean, we've done this before. We had an American Beauties pilot that we wrote and then we wrote it again. And by the way, it still keeps coming up. People keep calling me like, you think we can do that again? So it just, you never know. The time may well come. Yeah, so don't despair just because, I mean, and I think this is especially true in television, although I'd be interested to hear from people where else it applies. But if something is really good or has just a kernel of it that you just know is gold, keep thinking about it. And maybe there's something you can do with it. And we'll keep, of course, everyone posted about whether or not we do go back to plastics. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, it wouldn't be called Goodness knows, plastics. we learned a lot about, we won't call it plastics. <laughs> we learned a lot about plastic surgery doing our research. So I would like to be able to use that research again. I know, and something. my Instagram feed is still filled with plastic surgeons. <laughs> I know. Same. That is so funny. That's why it kind of also stays on my mind because I'll see all these posts from- yeah, so like, uh, ooh, that's an interesting neck lift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Anyway, so I don't know. In our, um, as we talked about, our positive approach to television writing and our careers, we're not just flushing stuff down the toilet. We're going to keep it alive. We're going to remind ourselves that no now doesn't mean no forever. That's right. That's also true of a friend, by the way. Sometimes you want to be mm. friends with someone and you make a gesture and they don't totally reciprocate, but maybe they're really busy. Maybe it's not a good time. If it's someone who you really feel like you're going to connect to, I my advice is try again at a different time. All right. Good advice. Coming up, Liz talks about why you might want to do your own Fryman 50. But first, this break. It is time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss mental, physical, and spiritual health. Today, it's kind of all of the above. It's do the Fryman 50. Liz, explain. Okay, so Sarah, I may have mentioned this on my 23 for 23 list. I have Hike Fryman Canyon, which I'm sure everyone's heard me talk about is the the hike I love to do 50 times in 2023. So that's so I write down every time I go, I'm keeping track. I'm at 20, by the way. Yeah, I think you're going to crush that goal. I think you'll be at like 100. Well, I know now, of course, that I'm at 20. I'm like, okay, well, I've got to, I'm now I want to get to 80. It's, you know, a whole thing. <laughs> but what I was thinking about now, obviously everyone isn't going to do Fryman 50 times. That's very specific to me <laughs> and to living in the Valley of Los Angeles, but you can pick your own thing you want to do, whether it's something to do with reading, with exercise, with seeing friends, you could say do X number of lunches in 2023. Because what I realized is putting that number on it and writing it down as a goal just makes me more likely to do it in times when I could go either way. Sometimes, like, we'll have a lot of work to do, and I'll feel like, well, I shouldn't do Fryman because it's going to take time, and I really can't afford that time. But we both know I could easily waste two hours doing something else, right? Scrolling through plastic surgeons on Instagram. Exactly. (laughs) Something that's not nearly as healthy and productive as going to Fryman Canyon. And so now when I'm wavering, I go, well, it would be great to get in one of my hikes. I'm going to go ahead and go do it right now. And so it's just getting me to do it a lot more. So Liz, my question is, how do you record this? Do you have like something on your refrigerator? Do you have it on your phone? Where are you keeping track of all this? I keep it track. I have my, um, from Gretchen, my my, uh, sister's website, the Don't Break the Chain journal. Yes. It's not really officially a Don't Break the Chain because it's not like an everyday thing, but I, there's lots of pages for notes in there. So Mm -hmm. I have a page where I'm just in there that I have marked where I I keep track. And I'm every 10, I'm noting. So that's why I know okay. I just hit 20. Is there anything you would want to do like that that comes to mind? Well, I'm trying. I've been trying to think of something. I mean, hiking would be the good thing for me to do. But you have to find the hike you want to do. Exactly. You're still in that. You're searching for your your favorite hike phase yes, of being in high. So I don't. I think I like your 50 lunches idea. That's kind of a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't have to be 50. I mean, it could be in that maybe 12 lunches, one a month. Yes. You could also do like, I want to do three weekends away or five weekends away. Mm -hmm. Whatever number that pushes you more 
then you would have done it just, you know, you don't want to say one weekend away because hopefully we all get one weekend away <laughs> yes. a year. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm going to analyze how many lunches I can. Yeah. Social lunches, not work lunches. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. I mean, and you and I could do, for instance, work lunches. Yes. You know, there's just this, truly you could apply it to anything. You could say, I want to get X number of massages. I want to go to X number of art galleries. I mean, the idea is to give yourself permission to do something you want to do when you might not otherwise do it. That's kind of the end goal. That's why I find it to be a take a hike. Yes. And then to have the satisfaction of seeing it the number every time you do it, seeing the number go up and getting yeah. closer to your goal. Yes. So anyway, let us know if you try this. Email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com if you've got your Fryman 50. Okay, Sarah, it is time for the mailroom when we answer listener questions. And today we have a question from Ruth. She says, hi, Sarah and Liz. Have you ever written for a show you didn't like or one where you couldn't relate to the main characters or didn't like them? You don't need to mention which show or characters. If so, how did you cope with it? My understanding is that being staffed on a show takes up a majority of your mental energy and time, by which I mean you're basically always thinking about the show and the characters while you are in the midst of writing a season. If you don't like the show or the characters, I can imagine it can be very hard to have to think about them all of the time and could even feel like a waste of time besides for the paycheck. Any coping mechanisms? I mean, yeah, this is a very relevant question to most television writers. Yes, and it was funny because when I first read the email, I was like, well, no, because you work on shows when you connect with the material. That Those are the ones you want to have the meetings on and blah, blah, blah. And then we were talking about it and you were like, well. Well, here's the thing. There's show. I mean, when you're a television writer, you don't always get to yeah. pick your favorite show to be on. It's sort of like what's available, what wants you, who wants you, you know, all of this. And so we've been on shows, one in particular I'm thinking about. It's not that we dislike the show. It's that we just didn't care about it. Yeah. Creative. It was just, it was more, I think the main thing was that it really wasn't character driven. It was more intellectually driven or something. Yeah, it just didn't really resonate with us. It isn't a show that would have been our first choice to write on. So here's what, when you say, what are the coping mechanisms for that? First and foremost, we want to be professionals. So it doesn't matter to us. I mean, yes, we love to love the material, but... We want to do our job well. So because of that, we stay engaged. We sort of put our all into it because that's the job. And we want people to think we've done a great job. We don't want someone to say, oh, well, Kraft and Fane really phoned it in on that one. You know, we want them to say, oh, they were so good. They helped so much in the room. They gave great drafts. No matter what the material is, doesn't yeah, and matter. And the strategy is really to just find something to connect with, whether yes. it's a particular character or some particular arc, you have to find some way in to make yourself engage. Yeah. It's not always easy. Well, and the other thing that can help is what's interesting about shows is you can love a show and not like the other people working on the show, or you can not like a show and love everybody <laughs> on it. So there's different ways to enjoy an experience. And 
On that show, we met a lot of people that we yeah. really liked and are still in touch with. And so that helping them and connecting with them, bonding with them was another way that we coped. Absolutely. And then Liz, there's also the show that we really loved, but had really, really challenging subject matter. Yes. So then, Sarah, there was a show um, that we loved called The Family, which Jenna Bands created, who's amazing. But it had a really tough subject matter. It was about a young boy. I had a young boy at the time, and it was about a young boy who um, had been kidnapped and and, and kept abused. In, and abused in a bunker. And I had a really, really hard time with that material, which I didn't see coming. I didn't think that it would be so hard for me, but I was, I really did not want to discuss that or think about it or write about it. So that was hard. That was hard yeah. for me. Well, and I, it was again, one of those things where, you know, you're not like looking up plastic surgeons on Instagram and having an enjoyable time. All of the research is kind of excruciating. It was hideous. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say I really did not do much research. I let others do that because I just could not. But there were times it. talking um, about it in the room where I remember you being like, okay, okay, we get it. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I would. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I really had a bad reaction. I mean, understandably, yeah. but you know, it is the job to um, research and learn about what you have to learn about. So it does come up, Ruth. It's a great question. And I think if you want to be a television writer, you're going to have to figure out how, like Sarah was saying, how to connect in some way, either with the material or the process. I mean, that's the other thing. You can say, I don't love writing this show or I don't, I'm not interested in this show, but maybe you're learning about structure in a way you hadn't before. So there's things you can take away and learn even if it's not your favorite character, or the tone isn't quite your cup of tea. Our job is to really be able to do any of it. That's a great question. Coming up, we have a driving related hack, which is very LA, but first this break. Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is consider an electric car. Yeah, so I find this really interesting because you have had a hybrid car for uh, years and years yeah. and years, and you never thought, I think as an only parent, basically, that you could get an all-electric car. Talk about that. Yeah, so I, well, what happened is I wanted a plug-in hybrid, so you can charge it, but it also has gas just as backup, just in case. But there aren't any available. I had four different kinds of cars that I was looking into. I actually know someone who had to drive to Utah to get the car that they wow. wanted that's a hybrid, that's a plug-in hybrid. And so I got a call that like, hey, this car is available, but it's all electric. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know if I can do it. I don't think I can handle it. I thought about it. I got the car. It is not a Tesla. It's a Volvo. And I actually love it. And it's totally like I don't have a fancy charger I just plug it in in the outlet in the garage and it's been totally fine and I drive a lot like I really drive a you lot do. and I 
at first had a lot of range anxiety, mm. but now I'm like, okay. I mean, I used to drive around in my car that used gas totally on E or like low on E, you know, and my car, this electric car never gets that low in the charge. I just keep plugging it in in the garage. Well, and one thing I think is there's, I assume, many, 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 many more places to charge than there used to be. So 10 years ago, it might have been intimidating to get an all-electric with the idea of what if you're driving to Vegas or something. But now, so many places have plugins that you probably feel confident that you can stop if you needed to. And doesn't the car tell you where places are? Yeah, the car tells you what your range is. And then if you press a little thing on the screen, it shows you where there are various charging places, how far away they are, how fast they charge. So it's just not that hard. And if I was doing a road trip, I would plan in advance where I could do fast charges. I'm just such a convert because I really didn't think I could do it. And I, I can. Plus, I like to drive around and it's like really quiet. And I'm like, I have zero emissions. I have zero emissions. Yeah, you can feel good. <laughs> and I mean, you must be saving a ton oh of my gas. God. Gas is so yeah, expensive. So much. So much. Yeah. So yeah, no, you've inspired me. I mean, I'm not getting a new car anytime soon. But when I do, I'm definitely looking into this. Okay, Sarah, every week one of us is recommending a book, a podcast, a TV show, a movie, or just whatever we want to recommend. And this week you're recommending a show. Yes. Okay. And this is sort of a cheat because you actually recommended it to me. Uh Right. (laughs) And it's the Apple Plus TV show, Shrinking. It stars Jason Segel, Jessica Williams, who is hilarious, Krista Miller, who is hilarious, and Harrison freaking Ford. I'm just like, the cast is insane. I laugh out loud watching it. It's also kind of emotionally harrowing, but in like the best, most hilarious way. It's just so good. For anyone who doesn't know, it's about uh, Jason Siegel plays a therapist who's lost his wife in the last year, and he has a teenage daughter, and it's how he's coping with that. And then Harrison Ford and Jessica Williams also play his therapist friends, and Krista Miller is the neighbor. But I here's what I want to say about Shrinking. I It is my favorite Harrison per- Ford performance ever. ever. I mean, he's 80 years old. I looked it oh up, my gosh. and he is... Absolutely on point. He is so great. So if you have ever liked Harrison Ford, watch Shrinking. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craig. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Kraft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it.
Sarah, we forgot to do a call out for listener questions for our spring listener questions episode. Oops. <laughs> if, if anyone's listening, listening <laughs> please send us questions to happierinhollywood at gmail.com or post them in the Facebook group. Yes. From the Onward Project.